Bonjour everybody and welcome to episode 3-1 of the F1 show for the 2008 French Grand Prix. I'm Robin Warner. And I'm Jim Lau. Your French is amazing. Thank you. <laughs> Ferrari is back in winning form with Felipe Massa victorious in the French Grand Prix. Massa's teammate, Kimi Raikkonen, nursed his Ferrari home in second with a broken exhaust and charred carbon fiber bits in the surrounding area. Raikkonen was on pole and showed much better race pace than Massa before his exhaust damage occurred. In third place came the Toyota of Jarno Trulli. He drove well all weekend and gave Ove Anderson a fitting tribute. Just behind Trulli was the leading McLaren of Heike Kovalainen, and despite several attempts, he could not get around the Toyota. BMW Sauber claimed fifth place courtesy of Robert Kubica, who got the most out of a car that still struggles on higher downforce tracks. He finished ahead of Mark Webber in the Red Bull. Weber continues to just plug away, collecting solid result after solid result, unlike his inconsistent teammate, David Coulthard, who could only manage ninth today. Seventh and eighth place was all Renault, and believe it or not, it was Nelson Piquet leading the pack, collecting two points to Alonso's one. We'll have to wait and see if that's enough to keep Flavio Briatore happy enough with Junior. So, Jim, a little rain made for a good scrap at the end there. Uh, what did you think? Well, I want to start with our predictions from last week. I mean, I had Lewis Hamilton winning this, and at least in my defense, it was before I knew he had a 10-spot grid penalty. Yes, but you should have known that he probably was going to get penalized since it was Lewis Hamilton and McLaren. Yeah, and perhaps. And had your prediction be adjusted as such. So I guess we can chalk that up to a uh, poor call on my choice. But, uh, man, what happened with the McLarens? Though, now, man? hold on, though. Let's go to Robin's predictions if we're talking about predictions. What did I predict? I don't know. Something about Kimi Raikkonen and Kimi Raikkonen. And where where was he second? Yeah, that's not first. Yeah, on pole and second. And the only reason he didn't win the race is because some random... Italian engineer probably got in a fight with his wife and didn't check the exhaust thing closely enough, and that got loose on his car. Yeah, that brilliant Ferrari. You know, they build this multi-million dollar car, and they can't freaking uh, they didn't, make an exhaust that stays they, they on. They didn't tighten the clamp down or something, something. or they missed a spring. Yeah, so, I mean, Kimi really had the race under control. He was gaining on Massa, and Massa was gaining on the rest of the field, so the Ferraris really just had it in the bag today, and... Uh, I mean, Raikkonen had it in the bag today. Yeah, well, Raikkonen more so than Massa, sure. Um, the exhaust, and I don't, I mean, there wasn't anything that really hit it or whatever. It just kind of came loose for whatever reason and uh, and started flapping around. And um, I thought that the, the FIA would have, or the, the race directors would have black flagged the, the Ferrari at least to have them come into the pits and have them look at the exhaust. But they didn't. They just let the car go with a you know piece of metal flapping around on the back. It was damaging Raikkonen's car, although apparently not too much. And uh, he was able to do surprisingly well. I mean, we thought he may have been may have had to retire, but uh, Reckoning was able to hold on with that uh, flapping exhaust there. It is a tiny bit suspicious that the FIA seemed to just turn their heads and ignore it. However, I, in their defense, nothing really happened. It flew off innocently off into the gravel. It didn't cause anybody any harm. But yeah, I, I admit it's a little suspect. And I have to say, you know, you know, my biggest concern was when they were going into the pits for the next pit stop after this occurred that the heat and the charred carbon might get close to the fuel, but I think the way the pit stops were arranged, it was on the opposite side, so it ended up being kind of a non-issue. So, right. uh, you know, 
that worked out for Kimi. I thought he drove brilliantly well. He still collected the fastest lap of the race yet again. Yeah, it was early on in the race and before the first pit stop there. And uh, you owe me a Coke. Evidently I do. But uh, so, I mean, getting back to the, the whole FIA thing, they're not penalizing Ferrari for anything. Um, keep in mind, McLaren, uh, we have you know Lewis's 10-spot grid penalty from last week for right. running into Kimi Raikkonen. Which Nico Rosberg of Williams also got. He also got that. Um and and that I mean you know we we decided it would sort of be unfortunate if they did that but they did and it's not really unexpected. Yeah. Um. This week, um, uh, Heike Kovalainen, the other McLaren driver, was penalized for impeding traffic during qualifying, and looking at the replays from that, it wasn't it was clearly not del- deliberate. And he's on the he's on track. He's he's on a cool down lap, and I believe it was Mark Webber who was trying to get around him on a, on a flying lap. And you know they ended up saying uh, giving him a five spot penalty uh, to Kovalainen. For impeding traffic, and there's, you know, as the announcer sort of said, there's you can't just magically make your car disappear off the road. I mean, you, you know, it's not really safe to just drive the car off into the gravel. Right, and all the FIA is saying is, why not, McLaren? Yeah. So it's it's unfortunate that there's another, you know, yet another, um, you know, McLaren penalty, um, and then and then Lewis had a drive-through penalty partway through the race for, and this, I I, I kind of agree with the FIA. I mean, it's he he Lewis made a pass. And I actually forget who was on now. It, it was, was Sebastian, Sebastian Vettel. Yeah, Vettel. Um, to, um, but to make the pass stick, you know, without um, he had to drive off the road. He had to sort of straight line the chicane. Um, so he had, he had actually made the pass before he went through the chicane, um, where the rules are very clear that if you if you make a pass by going around a chicane um, by straight lining, then you have to give the spot back. But it was a little bit ambiguous in that, yeah. um, you know, he'd already made the pass, but then sort of to make the line work, you know, he turned in the wheel and it just understeered away from him. Um, so he has he sort of had to straight line the chicane. Um, he was later called in for a, uh, a, a just not a stop and go, but just a drive through penalty, right. which only cost him 13 seconds. But it really just added on top of the you know just piled it on for Lewis's day. That's true, but I have to say, I, I, the way that rule is written is is you can't gain any advantage by cutting the course like that. And I, I think that he was much more likely to stick the pass by cutting the course than if he if he did actually turn in and properly make the line, I think he would have lost that pass back. So uh, for this particular incident, I think the FIA made the right decision. Yeah, I think it's warranted. Although anytime you see someone uh, cut a you know straight line of chicane when they're not in traffic, they don't get penalized for that, even though I think you could argue that by straight lining a chicane, you're going faster than going through the chicane by, by braking and going through there. So they would they would gain advantage. Even, you know, they may have not just passed a car. Or they may not be just about to pass a car, but, you know, they don't, you know, drivers don't get penalized when they just sort of get it wrong and have to straight line through a chicane. Yeah, that's true. But so, I would, most of the time that at the end of the day slows them down. Could be. Could be. So, you know, there's there's a lot of talk about um, is the FIA really just dumping on McLaren right now with you know that's three penalties in two weekend two race weekends um, and that's and and Martin Whitmarsh the CEO of McLaren says oh no you know this is just this is our luck and this is how it goes and yes you know we you win some you lose some and and so on but of course that's what they would say otherwise they'd come out as I guess you know whiny uh, yeah because they don't want to get dumped on by the <laughs> FIA yeah uh, <laughs> so I mean McLaren really wanted to come back from last year's zero point year you know being disqualified to really come back and show everyone they could win it and they had it in the bag and they are now um, well behind McLaren I mean they're they're, they're third spot in the uh, in the constructors championship yeah, behind BMW back. Um, with fifty eight points to Ferrari's ninety one yeah. I mean, I mean, this this weekend just really cemented with McLaren. Um, did they get did they get any points this weekend? 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, sure. Kovalainen finished fourth. Oh, okay, that's right. That's yeah, right. and then uh, Hamilton. Ten. Hamilton was tenth. So Hamilton got no points this weekend. Yeah, and, and uh, that was really a shame. Which actually makes Hamilton fourth in the uh, in the drivers' points. He's actually only ten points behind uh, behind Massa and uh, eight behind Kubica. But I mean, man, they've really got to get some work done. And, and hopefully, if they can uh, come back for Silverstone, that's their home race in England there in two weeks, and uh, really show some pace. But I'm not really hopeful at this point. You know, yeah. they've they've really got some work to do, and and whether this is just sort of this cloud hanging over Hamilton after the you know his just glaring driver error last weekend, uh, or or what it is, what the problem is exactly, I'm not sure. But well, they've if, got some work to do. If you look at the top four standings, and right now it goes Massa, Kubica, Raikkonen, and Hamilton. All four of them are within ten points of each other. There's still lots of race season left. They're all completely within striking distance, and truthfully, you know. Heidfeld and Kovalainen could still, if they started, you know, picking up the pace, they could also get into the mix without too much trouble. Uh, high, uh, you know, Kovalainen especially would be a pretty outside shot at this point. But, you know, it's early enough in the season that, you know, it, it Hamilton is by no means out of it in any way. Sure, but form. McLaren almost is, though, because that's two Ferrari drivers in the top four. And, and you know, Kovalainen's down there in, in sixth in the championship, um, you know, and it's just that McLaren to Ferrari gap is, is huge. And that would take several really strong finishes for McLaren with really poor finishes for Ferrari, which they just haven't, haven't done in a while. And if you see the results like we did today in France, which is, we have to say, the more typical track layout, it's a fairly high downforce track, uh, you know, heavily relies on aerodynamics ferrari has it figured out yes and you know i still think you know raikkonen is a much better driver than Massa, but Massa may be the better driver to kovalainen and between you know if you look at second driver to second driver i think Massa is going to be more likely to collect good points for ferrari i mean obviously after today's result than you know kovalainen is he's a he's a proven race winner and he's really good in qualifying. And, you know, Raikkonen, I think, is just absolutely brilliant. And anyone that says that Massa is better than Raikkonen is rubbish, full of rubbish, <laughs> stupid. But those two are both quite strong. And Raikkonen deserved this race win today. But that's, again, that's racing. Yeah, I keep waiting for Heike Kovalainen to break out and just show us some brilliance and he's had moments but it seems like he should there's he, no reason for him not to yeah he and had a I, lot of problems i mean he's in one arguably probably the second best car you know but and then you know with same as hamilton but he just hasn't uh hasn't broken out and had any really just you know he's i mean his uh he said he's had moments but never a whole race to really right. come through and uh and and make it happen and that's i think what mclaren needs to be honest to, to be able to be competitive uh, as a constructor um, because Hamilton's doing doing what he can, although you know he's not crashing into people and uh, you know yeah. causing uh, causing penalties right. and problems. Um, you know when he drives, you know on track, he seems to do okay. Hamilton's having his own issues, and it's funny. You know his, this season, this year is proving to be not nearly as as uh, uh, you know lucky as last season. He's he's driving in some ways more like a rookie this season than he was last year. Last year. Really, everything came together so well for him, and this year he's he's having a little bit more of reality smack him in the face. Yeah, like he was on his whole floating on his cloud last year. I mean, because crashing into the back of Raikkonen's car that is like such a rookie mistake to do. Yeah, and both you know he crashed into Raikkonen, and then and then uh, Nico Rosberg crashing in the back of him. Um, neither of them are rookies. You know? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, exactly. They're both like second year guys, third year, but um, it's uh, I guess that's so it goes. I guess we can't uh, put too much down to. Down to inexperience. Yeah. Um, but speaking of good qualifying pace, uh, Fernando Alonso this weekend and Renault um, just are really getting very strong and very consistent on on solid qualifying. 
Yeah, and and on two completely different tracks. Yeah, I mean, he did really well in Canada la- last uh, last race, and that was he qualified fourth, I believe. Right? Yeah, so and, he was fourth today, and then he was fourth again today. So yeah, but Nelson Piquet was down in eleventh. Um, so uh, that's that's the Nelson report, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I mean, Nelson came back in the race. We got we got to give him credit for yeah, that. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that a little more. But later. Uh, but Alonso and, and and Renault, they're like, I don't know if I mean Renault is just working really hard to try to get the car to where Alonso wants it to just to keep Alonso. If that's really the, uh, the the motivation right now, I mean, it's it's great to see them do well in their home race. Of course, they they obviously really want to do well in France. Uh, they didn't do anything super crazy, you know, running really light just to get on the pole or anything like that. But um, you know, fourth place uh, for 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 Fernando was a very solid qualifying effort. Uh, he wasn't able to make quite as much of it in the race, but uh, and ended up getting passed by Nelson Piquet near the end there. Well, you know, I think what Alonso has done is kind of. Work to shake off some of the bad, the bad hooju that he got on himself last year with the whole McLaren scandal, and prove again to the racing world that he's really something special. He's a step above and beyond the other drivers, and he's worthy to be in a championship competing team. Uh, I don't think Renault is going to be that team. One thing that would be interesting to see is if Alonso goes off to Toyota or Ferrari, like that's been rumored or something. And uh, maybe Sebastian Bourdais somehow lands a seat in Renault and have a French driver and a French team. Wouldn't that be something? That would be. And somehow they could get Michelins on the car and just be the trifecta there. That would be sweet. There you go. But uh, So you think um, you don't think Fernando's going to stick with uh, Renault? It depends on what's out there. If Ferrari comes knocking, I think, frankly, Fernando would be stupid to turn it down. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, but should Ferrari go knocking? Because... I mean, we know we don't like Massa as the as a brilliant driver like like Raikkonen, but I guess would it be if Raikkonen retires? Because I, I think they'd be foolish to fire Massa at this point. I yeah, think he's I, doing I, well enough to, to keep him in there. I mean, well, obviously he won today. And, and, you know, the issue with Alonso at McLaren was he wanted to be treated like a number one. Yeah. He's not going to be treated like a number one with Raikkonen on the team. True. That's just – that will not happen. That would be an amazing team to watch. Yeah. But – I don't see it happening unless, yeah, something did happen. If Raikkonen does decide to retire or if Massa, you know, is let go for some random reason, it's it's possible. Uh, more likely, I would see, you know, Toyota offering him $50 million or something like that. I mean, that's what I've been saying for like three or four, ra- you know, three or four podcasts now is that Toyota, you got to pick this guy up. Yeah. You know, but uh, speaking of Toyota, though, I'd, I'd like to go back. Uh, Yarno Truly on the podium. Yeah, I mean, that's just a really great result for them. Um, it, of course, had a little bit to do with, with Lewis being pushed back and all that, but, I mean, you gotta, you got to be there to, to collect the points. And, uh, yeah. you know, Toyota's doing, doing quite well, and, I guess. And, and not by that much. I mean, truly qualified fifth. Yeah, he was right behind Alonso. And that includes, that includes Hamilton in third place. That's right. That's before the penalty. That was a genuine fifth-place quali- qualification there. And in the race, he had a brilliant race start, which is so unlike Truly. Yeah, Truly, truly always yeah would, would have up. these moments where you'd be like, "Oh, sweet, he's up in you know fifth spot," or you know, he make it to the top ten every once in a while, and then just sort of you know maybe do an okay start and just kind of slow down or just kind of get a spin somewhere and and end up sort of throwing it away. But uh, he stuck with it today. So um, whether he this was really just uh, Ove Anderson as the uh, angel on his shoulder or something, I don't know. Who but, knows? Um, yeah. So I mean, well done for for Toyota. Timo Glock, though, um, still disappointing. I mean, he qualified 10th, um, and so he started 9th. Uh, and, you know, and, and where did he end up? 13th. I mean, just sort of a lackluster day for him. I think 11th. Oh, right, 11th. He's 13th in yeah. the Irish Championship. Yeah. I got too many numbers in front of me, man. Yeah, There's lots so of many, numbers. So many hey, you charts like numbers. Here. It's okay. Yeah. But, 
so Timo Glock really not finding his way in that car. I mean, he, you know, he tested for them, and you, you feel like he should know what it takes to, to really make the best out of that car, but maybe maybe he just doesn't have the, the race craft. I'm not I, sure. But. I would be surprised if Glock's still in that car next year. You know, but I, I truly... Then again, Ralph Schumacher was in that car for how long? <laughs> I mean... I know, I know, but... Ralph at least had his moments, and Timo really hasn't uh, hasn't brought much to that team. I so. mean, for better or worse, Ralph had race wins under his belt. He, yeah. he obviously knew how to do it. Glock has, even when he hasn't been bad, he still hasn't been good. Yeah, he's got five points for the team, which is you know more than I can say That's for uh, zero. Rubens Barrichello, but and Jensen Button. I, I think <laughs> I think Truly's result is. Much more deserving than David Coulthard's was last race. Yeah, I think I think he really worked hard. I think it was much more representative of the car's capability. And this this is you know on the tracks where Ferrari and McLaren are really strong. Yeah, they you know out essentially outpaced BMW Sauber. Yeah, and uh, he did a brilliant job and truly good for him. You yeah, know? we haven't heard a lot about Toyota um, because they're sort of quietly collecting points but uh with multiple top 10 i mean they've been in q uh, made it to the third qualifying session um several times in a row now and oh, sure. uh and they're sort of just quietly collecting points well, and, and truly's made it moving up times. there glock has been less well consistent. toyota as a team yeah, yeah but they have had you know multiple multiple points finishes i mean toyota's got 23 points in the championship they're only one point up below red bull um so they're not i mean they're, i guess if you consider if you consider BMW a top team, which I know is a little bit of a stretch for you, as the three top teams, um, they're still, you know, Toyota's right there as the best of the rest of the rest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so never mind. So they're not amazing. But still, they're, they're coming up. And, I, and I, I, I could see them winning a race this year, though. I could see that if, if everything sort of came together. Outside chance, if something were to happen similar to Canada and they were in the catbird seat and able to capitalize where the two top teams took themselves out. But it would have to be a bit of a fluke. Sure or, enough. You know, it rains or some massive accident and they're just on the exact right spot for a for pit strategy or something. Maybe they don't get rear-ended for yeah, no reason by Lewis like Hamilton. That. Something like that. And I also want to, you know, we've, we've mentioned Ove Anderson a couple of times. Uh, he was involved in Toyota Motorsports for a couple of decades, actually, maybe three decades, and was actually a big part of the Formula One team when they got started. He uh, died tragically uh, in a vintage rallying event in South Africa, yeah. and he was 70 years old. So that is who we were talking about. He was heavily involved in Toyota Motorsports. He had a, a big, long history with Carlos Sands. Yeah, well, he started... And, he was, started and he was a co-driver. Practically started the, the rally day, team. I mean, they, they, they brought him on... Um, they brought him along back in the, and I think, the late 70s, early 80s, yeah. um, and involved in rally, and he started what later became Toyota Team Europe, which was then the rally car program because he was, he was you know, Swedish and, and um, really heavily involved in rallying and, you know, just a really, good, really great guy to, to start the team and get them going. Um, then they changed the Toyota Team Europe, stopped focusing on rallying. Um, after, you know, they won a couple of championships with Carlos Sainz and the Celicas and the Corollas and, and everything through the years. Um, then they focused on their Le Mans effort, and then they, they built the uh, the Toyota, was it the GT1 uh, Le Mans car. Sure. Never sure. quite had success there. They were close, but never had success in Le Mans. Um, but all of it's that... It's a great car in GT3, though. Yeah, it's a great car to drive. <laughs> uh, but uh, then they focused their effort after, after Le Mans on Formula One. I mean, ultimately, that was the whole progression and, and Toyota being sort of calculating and not so much the sort of the passion of like a Ferrari team or something like that, but sort of the calculated um, engineer pro- approach where they said, okay, well, th- you know, these are the steps we need to take to build a Formula One car. And first we sort of build the infrastructure and the rally teams and then in the Le Mans team. Um, and then I'd, li- I'd like to point out in that that the Toyota also got involved in champ car racing yes. in the 90s and early 2000s. And that was and more engine won a championship. Yeah. 
uh, with uh, Cristiano D'Amata in 2002. Yes. And so that that definitely had a part in their Formula One. That's certainly as far mostly in the powertrain aspect of it because yeah, they weren't designing the the cars then. But then to no, actually go go through and uh, you know Toyota developing their own. Um, Engine and transmission and whole aerodynamic package and everything. Um, so, you know, I was still waiting for that first breakthrough win, but uh, it was ultimately Ove Anderson that got this whole project started um, and, and uh, you know, really let it let it grow. And, and he was still involved with the team and, and still visited races and stuff, um, you know, right up through even this, this season. So, uh, you know, definitely the team, uh, you know, feeling the loss there. And, um, you know, truly making uh, obvious gestures on the podium to dedicate his, his podium finish to, uh, to Ove Anderson. So. Which I thought was... Uh a uh, good move on his part. Very respectful and 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 well done. And it's good to see them have a good result too. Absolutely, I mean, it always absolutely. sucks if you're. I mean, they've had a strong, more consistent, stronger drives this year. So it, it's good to see that result. I think it was earned. Yeah. So and but Toyota, man, they're knocking on the door. I'd really like to see them win one this year. Um, I mean, they're still obviously well outside for for championship and that kind of thing. But um, you know, they're they're right there, and I, I think they could, you know, they could they could break through because BMWs. Uh, Really kind of had an off weekend. I mean, they're they're just they're. You think it's just the car not suited to this track? Yeah, I think it just goes back to what we talked about last weekend. Is that you know, Canada, Canada, <laughs> Canada is a low downforce, high speed track, engine, engine critical, uh, not quite as much aero based. You know, it's it's more, it's more. Uh, how how fast can you go? Yeah, and you know this the French track is a much more. Typical Formula One track, lots of mid-speed corners, very heavily dependent on aerodynamic package. Yeah. And that's still where BMW is lacking compared to Ferrari, especially, and McLaren. And it it just goes and, you know, it just came out in the result again. Okay, but, uh, I mean, Robert Kubica qualified 7th, and Nick Heidfeld back in 12th. I mean, Heidfeld didn't even make it out of the second qualifying session. So you really think that's all down to the car? I mean, I don't, I don't know what's what's going on there. I mean, Nick Heidfeld didn't didn't really seem all that excited after the after uh, you know BMW's maiden victory. I mean, he he wanted to get it himself. I oh, think that course. much is obvious. That's any any of one driver, you know, of course wants to win it himself. But it's like is Nick Heidfeld really just sort of I don't know down on something right now? Where Heidfeld is off. He's just off, and uh, you know, I I still think he's a good driver, but I just feel like. I, 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 maybe it's just the momentum that Kubica ha, has has built has kind of been hard on Heidfeld. I don't know yeah. to be sure, but th- that's the best I can guess. I don't think Heidfeld drive is representative of the car, but I think Kubica's is. Yeah, and you know he he qualified poorly. He wasn't too happy with car setup, but they continue to improve the car even just with tire pressure settings throughout the race. This race. And I think that fifth place is pretty well fitting for the the, the performance of that car. Yeah, well, but where did I mean Nick Heidfeld ended up thirteenth? Yeah. So, I guess I mean, is is Nick Heidfeld just kind of falling off now? Because because I mean Kubica is is obviously a huge story because he came from last year in Canada from having this horrific crash where yep. you know it was really questioned whether he would be okay, whether he'd ever race again, whether he'd even live through the crash, and to come back a year later to that same spot and, and win the race and it's the maiden win for BMW is just a huge huge deal. And like I guess no one talks about Heidfeld anymore, and maybe that's. I don't know, a big problem for him, or I'm not sure what it is, but uh, it's certainly, um, you know, certainly it's unfortunate for BMW, and I wonder I wonder if, if uh, BMW would be in the market for a new driver if they look for Alonzo, if that would be of any interest to them. Oh, that's, that's absolutely, it's definitely a possibility, but again, Alonzo would not get his, I, I, Kubica is going to be treated just as well as Alonzo is if that were the case. Yeah. Um, so there's that. Now, uh, uh, another 
driver team combo we were talking about. Alonso did really well. Uh, but actually, Nelson Piquet had a decent drive this race. And personally, I think he got lucky and it was a bit of a fluke. He did drive well this weekend. His 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 uh, job is kind of on the line. And yeah. Well, uh, early on in the race, he held up uh, Heike Kovalainen for some laps. And we were sort of, well, Kovalainen, you know, is they're, they're both relatively younger drivers and, and relatively newer. And, you know, that's, okay, Kovalainen can't get around him. Okay, whatever, big deal. Um, then Hamilton actually got around Hickey Kovalainen to then take his chance at Nelson Piquet. And did no better. And we sort of figure, okay, well, Hamilton's going to just make quick work of him, but did no better. I mean, and I, we got to give the guy credit for, it, if nothing else, just holding off the McLarens, um, which are nominally a very strong car. I mean, that's, you, you know, t- tends to be, uh, you know, capable of hanging with the Ferraris and winning. But... Um, so Nelson was holding off those guys, and you know um, Lewis Hamilton eventually got around him, but then had to pit a lap later, and you know didn't uh, end up as much. Uh, but then uh, later on in the race, yeah. So I mean, Nelson drove a solid race, um, but it makes you wonder what you know what changed because he really sort of showed some pace this weekend we haven't seen before, and some and some sort of I guess raciness for lack of a again better term. Yeah, absolutely. And is absolutely. that because his drive has now been officially put on the line? I mean, Renault has come out and said, "You've got three races. Show us some results, or you're out." So, is a seventh place finish a result? Is that good enough? Is that something that Flavio is going to be like, okay? Um, compared to where he has been, I mean, it's his first points in F1, so he says he's happy about it and wants to build on that, which I guess is what everyone says when they first get points. I mean, I would probably say that. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I guess I, I think he gets, you know, Flavio should be happy for this weekend, but is this pace because uh, because I came down on him and said, hey, you're out if, unless you get faster? So, I mean, it, it sort of raises the question, what were you doing before? If we tell you, hey, go faster, and you go faster, then uh, what have you been doing? Right. Right, I I don't know. I it's I think to a certain point you can't blame a guy for finding something a little extra somewhere when his job's really on the line. I think that's going to be true of almost anybody. But I also think that it just happens I think it's a bit of a coincidence. I think it just happens to coincide with a decent result and that the race setup that Renault had um they Renault said it ran really low downforce this race, lower uh, than just about anybody else. Yeah, and it made them slower in the corners, but they could really rock it out of the exits, and they could have good top speed at the end of the straights, and that made them really difficult to pass. And I think that race setup decision helped Piquet look better. Yeah, although I think if there, if a low downforce setup were the were the way to go, I think we would see more teams on that. I mean, can't you imagine they've exactly. all sort of run the numbers? And, and they weren't as fast overall. That's exactly why. That's yeah. why they couldn't, you know, other than Alonso being brilliant, that's why they didn't qualify <laughs> as well. And that's why, you know, they still didn't have the pace. Piquet wasn't passing anybody, Yeah, really, uh, except for his teammate at the end. Uh, but <laughs> he, you know, he was, it was, he was much harder to pass because... You know, oftentimes you either you outbreak someone at the entry and that's how you get around, or you're able to outmuscle them at the exit down the straight. Yeah. And the way Renault had that car set up, that took away one of the ways to to get around the guy. Yeah. So I'm still not a big Nelson Piquet fan. Nor I mean, am I. Um, 
I guess it's it's one of those where he came in with really big hopes, and you know he, he just uh, he he didn't win in GP two name at least. Yeah, and you know, he, and I think he came out and said before before the season started how you know if, when he's on equal cars with Fernando Alonso, there's no reason he can't be just as fast as Fernando Alonso. Except for the fact that he's not as good. Except that you know Fernando Alonso is brilliant and uh, PK is you know medi- mediocre, but. Um, but I guess I guess we'll have to see if if he I think if he comes out for the for this race and the next two especially uh, much faster than he's been, then I I don't think I can help but blame him as sort of not doing the best he he could before, because especially in Formula One, um, you know there's so many people working so hard for one thing, you know for race success for for points in the championship, and if I'm an engineer and I'm working at the factory at, in Renault and I'm you know. This is my entire life's work is is working on you know this particular part or this particular system or working as aerodynamicist or something, and then I comes to find out that you know the driver isn't doing everything he possibly can to get the most out of this car that we put together for him, uh-huh. and you know you multiply that by the hundreds of people that are working on this F1 program, it just I think that'd be really disheartening to sort of think that oh once we threaten this guy then he's really fast so maybe he had the speed all along, um, I think that's you know that that's a poor poor way to go about it and i i do understand as sort of human nature once you've you know really got your dry, your job on the line um you're going to do a little something extra but if it's if it's a marked difference i mean he's made you know gotten in, into the points this week compared to um really sort of subpar finishes and a lot of crashes and whatever um pre- pre- previously in the year um i guess we'll see if he gets better and I, in a way i kind of want him to do well just because i don't want to see anyone floundering around at the back of the field but uh, if he if he does a marked improvement then I think that sort of calls into question how how hard he's been pushing previously. Yeah, yeah. Well, and we'll have to wait and see exactly what he makes of it. I don't know, but otherwise, I have to say, you know, this race, uh, you know, had its moments, but it was, you know, nothing too fantastic happened. Yeah, uh, and as far as I mean, no safety car periods. There was actually only one car out of the race, and that was Jensen Button, who took himself out by cooking it a little too hot in the corner and uh, tweaking his his front uh, front wing off and. Uh, you know, he was a little off and on, but uh, it was enough to tweak his front wing. He had to go into the pits, and then they determined it was, you know, damage to the suspension or something that he couldn't uh, couldn't overcome. So no actual crashes. I mean, a couple of close moments and some good, I mean, relatively for Formula 1, good racing where there were cars, uh, you know, the, the McLarens trying to get around oh, PK. Absolutely. Um, and then, you know, near the end with... Uh, with uh, Kovalainen, and you know breathing down uh, Truly's neck, you know that was it made for some good sort of passing and almost passing and whatever. Um, so I guess to have sort of you know several good laps of, of passing action is is good for an F1 race these days. Uh, so it goes, but um, yeah. So I mean, I guess a pretty straightforward race uh, you could say. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one thing that uh, you know Jensen Button could do to improve his results next time around is get a performance box. The F1 show is supported by the performance box, which is a GPS-based, a GPS-based lap timer, performance meter, and data logger. Perfect for any car not to use at track days, autocrosses, or to simply see what your car can do, or to tune a Formula One car. Shipping worldwide from VBox USA. For more info and the online store, visit performancedrift.com. See, if he had that, he would have been able to work out the optimum speed to go through that corner and exactly. not have to go too fast. It goes 10 hertz. So it would have been great. Yeah, 10, 10 updates a second, man. That's, that's a lot. That's crazy. That's as fast as any F1 team would ever need. So so next week, though, or two weeks from now, we've got Silverstone. the uh, British Grand Prix. Yes. I got to say, Ferrari's still got it, man. I, I mean, am 100% sticking to what I said. This weekend, I'm going Raikkonen, Raikkonen again. Man, your predictions are getting kind of boring, huh? Well, I'll tell you what. I was 
this close to being right about you were, it. You I, were it, one it, bank of exhaust pipes away. You know, that Raikkonen luck's got to break one day. Maybe I'm the problem. I really hope not. Yeah. So Raikkonen, Raikkonen. Okay. He's so, going to do it again. I don't know if I can argue with that, man. I mean. He spits hot fire, man. <laughs> Unless, like, Alonzo can come up with something amazing and, and grab a pole, but then I can't imagine Not at winning. Silverstone. Not at Silverstone. Not through cops. I mean, all and, that kind of stuff. Yeah, and if and if McLaren can, so, you know, do some soul-searching, it's their home race, they're, you know, they're in front of their home fans doing everything, and, you know, it's Lewis Hamilton's home race. I mean, it's a big deal for them to, to do well in England, but... But it's half the team's home race, really. I mean... Can they... Well, yeah, true enough. I mean, almost all the teams, or half the teams anyway, are based in, in, in Europe there. But, I mean, Lewis Hamilton, he's going to have... I mean, you know, it's Jensen Button's home race, but we're not expecting anything amazing out of true, him, True. Right? It's and Coulthard David as well. Coulthard's yeah. home race, for all intents so, and purposes. Ferrari, though, dude. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think I think Kimi all the way. I, I've got to agree with you at the end of the day. All um, right, so... so for Silverstone, we'll just buy Coke. We'll just everyone, you know, yeah. <laughs> everyone, everyone, gets everybody Coke. gets ice cream. Um, yeah, I mean that's it's just looking at uh, you know the pace and everything. I mean it'd be great to see BMW come up and do well, but I think at this track, uh, there's really not not uh, much that can be done. Um, the only thing I, I want to mention, I guess, though, is Ferrari uh, or Force India Ferrari. Um, this is their literally their home track. Their their headquarters is across the street from uh, from the Silverstone track. They test here all the time, which means they'll be in last pace slightly less yeah. than other times. So <laughs> maybe our boy Fizzy will come out with something amazing and end up in front of the Hondas or something. Did you just say our boy Fizzy? Okay, he's really not our boy. <laughs> uh, so okay, maybe maybe something cool will happen out of Force India. Uh, yeah. That's about all we can uh, say about that, I Yeah, guess. I think that's that's about it, right? Right on. So, um, I suppose that wraps it up then. Uh, if uh, if Kimi doesn't win next week, then uh, we have to buy everyone else Cokes, I guess, or something. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I, I really just feel like Ferrari's going to walk away with it at this point. Yep, yep. Send us feedback, please. So, visit F1Show.com. Click on the Facebook link. If you want to go into the Facebook groups, we've got discussion uh, message boards on different things you can uh, talk about if you think our predictions are, are brilliant or if they're crap or whatever. 68 fans, we love you all. Thank you so much for being a part of this. It's cool. And uh, thanks for responding to our predictions, uh, you know, discussion topics and stuff like that. We, we just love having these topics and debating all this nerdy stuff. Exactly. And send us email to feedback at f1show.com. If you're not quite hip to the, the Facebook thing and you still want to get your, uh, you know, get your opinions, we can uh, read your emails on the air if they're appropriate and uh, you know, discuss what you have to say. But we love getting feedback. But if you want to actually be on the show yourself in your own words. Which is the money. Which is clearly the best way to go. Um, you want to click on the uh, Skype voicemail link right on f1show.com. And uh, it's all free. You don't have to pay anything. Just uh, if, you have, if your computer has a microphone on it, it's all, basically all you need. Um, and you can uh, record a message for us. It'll uh, we can play it right on the show. You can hear your own voice, and that'll be great. We haven't gotten any voicemails in a while, and we'd like Come to come on, uh, guys, like man, to hear we from you guys a, a bit more. Um, send us your predictions too. I mean, so long as they get in before the race, we'll uh, we'll put them in. And uh, you know, if you, if you send us predictions of what happened after the race, and you know, that's not really that yeah. exciting. Although maybe we'll still talk about them. If that's it's, the only uh, we I get. think Raikkonen will come in second because his exhaust breaks. And Masa will win. That like, was amazing. Like, okay. So on that note, uh, until uh, two weeks from now, I'm Jim Lau. And I'm Robin Warner. Au revoir.